0: We knew he. Hey, this is Josh Porter.
1: And this is Jason Verkhardt. Hello to all of you riders of the Solar Winds.
0: <laughs> solar, this is the Solar Coaster. we change our name to Solar Winds? This is the Solar Coaster, no. folks. <laughs> we are a renewable energy themed talk show. Uh, this is uh, episode number 66. Jay, how did we get here, man?
1: Uh, By. Continue
0: to do a show every week. It's, it seems yeah. that how, how it goes. It seems how it goes. Uh, with This show is a kind of continuation over the last few shows. Who Needs a Solar Battery with Josh and Jay? Uh, we have a special guest in uh, that's going to be talking about a really cool technology that I don't really know that much about, actually, and I'm excited to, to learn about it. We have uh, Mr. Michael Riley from HNU Energy, the president of HNU Energy, and a Ph.D. He, he gave me license not to call him doctor, though, throughout the show, so I'll call him Michael. All right, welcome, Michael. There you go. Thank you. Pleasure to be
2: here looking forward to it. We'll have some fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and my, and Michael is a real trooper because I called him up, uh, with boatloads of lead time yesterday afternoon and said, Hey, you want to be on a radio show? And he's like, uh, sure let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so
1: yeah, sounds, sounds familiar. That's what you did to me. All
0: yeah, oh, right, right. Yeah. I have, a, I have a history of roping people into this thing. Um, so here on episode uh, 66, we're going to be talking about kind of ex- extending that conversation of batteries that we've had over the last few shows. We're trying to d- dive a little deep. You know, we had um the fellows from blue Planet on last week we talked about some other products on the, the, the previous week we've talked about a uh, battery backup we've talked about uh, self-supply systems we talked about a variety of things over the last couple of weeks and now we're gonna learn about a particular product that is I think it's something that's really yeah, this, is, this is well it, yeah it's it's called the hive right yeah, this Jay? is
1: this is less about yeah the hive system this is from Hnu uh, it seems like a really really interesting fully self-contained kind of unit we had talked about these types of things like the Tabuchi system we love it's all uh, engineered to be all like self-contained and they, the parts all work to very very well together and that's kind of what the h seems to have put together so i'm really really interested to find out more about the hive it sounds a little bored esque <laughs> to me <laughs> which is dangerous but uh but uh but i know i know the reasoning behind it and it's actually really really fascinating so we're going to get to that after our uh, excellent After our news
0: excellent yeah really excited to hear about the hive system also being that it's manufactured here in Maui County, which is something that's pretty spectacular. So uh, let's jump into our housekeeping, we'll go into our news and events, and then we'll learn all about this uh, wonderful technology from Michael. So hey folks, this is the hey. Solar Coaster, we're a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at one o five p.m. right here in the studios in Wailuku, Kaoi 11.10 a.m. We also have some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. we got a great website, Jay, to tell us about that?
1: solar-coaster.com that's www.solar-coaster.com uh, you can listen live there if you're out of our broadcast area you can get all our old shows by clicking on the podcast link uh, download them, use them wherever you like uh, listen to us all over the place uh, but there's also some photos and other things that we've done over the years it's going to get uh, another revamp very very shortly. pre sbi so, hopefully. Watch that. Watch. <laughs> yeah. Watch. Watch that. Watch that space.
0: <laughs> All right. We got some great sponsors uh, that have kept the solar coaster running. Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonnen Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, these fellows helped us. These companies uh, helped us uh, keep the, the solar coaster on air, and we've uh, uh, learned a lot from them as well about some of their amazing products, and they're kind of out here in the Maui marketplace as a result of that too. So, uh, we also have some podcasts, Jay.
1: Yep. Podcasts We're available on iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn. So whatever your preferred podcast method is, uh, you can download our program, the Solar Coaster. Just type in Solar Coaster in the search bar. Uh, we'll pop right up with a little yellow, yellow SC logo and you can take us everywhere with you.
0: Absolutely. And for you listeners out there that are podcasting or getting us out on um, on streaming or maybe some uh, installers from around the country, we are going to be at SPI uh, Anaheim this year. Really excited about that. We're going to be doing a live a radio show on the exhibit floor, which is a first for the solar coaster. Uh, we've been talking with a lot of great uh, vendors and people that are going to get involved. So uh, do check us out uh, at SPI this year. That's what, 24th through the 27th in Anaheim, right, of September. Yep. So, yep. Very time. end of September. All right. Can't wait to do that. All right. So it's time for our news and events. So we will jump right into it.
1: News. News is huge this week. I wanted to say month, but it really is this week. Um, Australian apartments project is using blockchain technology for trading energy amongst its residents. Uh, this is really interesting. No, no, you know blockchain from like Bitcoin and stuff. Blockchain is famous because of the Bitcoin kind of model, but. The blockchain technology by itself is actually just like a distributed system for keeping accurate, secure and private ledger like transactions. Um, It's not the first time this has been used like this, the blockchain technology. There's actually the Brooklyn microgrid project, which has already been operational for a little while, uh, created by a company called LO3, backed by Siemens. Uh, But they it's the first time it's been done in Australia. The apartment project itself is actually really interesting because it features like electric vehicle charging, a communal bicycle space, as well as um, a se- like an integrated system for actually trash recycling. Like it separates the trash, so make sure that it's just all the plastic doesn't just end up in landfill. Uh, really, really interesting. Kind of wow, model so, for so it's sustainable really a, living.
0: Yeah, so it's a there's a bigger picture here than even simply energy uh, production and use. They're talking about kind of like mm-hmm. this fully sustainable setup uh, 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 community. That's uh, that's some exciting stuff. You know, uh, I I, um, I this I guess are they transferring energy back and forth between the apartments? Is that the is that the gist of this?
1: That's yeah, that's the deal. So they all when when you buy into this apartment complex, uh, there's actually a fifty three point six. Kilowatt worth of solar and 150 kilowatt of battery storage on site. They estimate it's going to produce about 80 percent of the apartment's needs overall. Mm-hmm. So they'll still be doing doing a lot, but it's it's it sounds like a PPA uh, because they're they're estimating it saves the residents about 30 percent on their right, electric, cost uh, less electricity there, yeah. bills. So so the, the apartment complex is going to pick up the slack and then charge charge forward. So it's kind of like an associative this um, is a energy bill this
0: is really kind of an interesting model here you know it's a 24-unit housing complex right so it's pretty small yep and uh, you know yep. much it, we've talked about exchanging uh, energy here in Hawaii but of course what is it the wheeling that legislation related to wheeling is what kind of holds right that up going between uh, between TMK's um, but if you're on an right. individual TMK and I think it was NSYNC maybe Uh, that put together one of these on like similar to this. They put together an exchange, uh, not necessarily based on blockchain or power ledger, but they're exchanging energy amongst the apartments on a single TMK, right? So uh, you see any of this stuff happen out here, Michael?
2: I have, uh, we've done some of that. Um, It's it's like a sub metering or, um, you know, you have one unit on a shared roof and then you mm-hmm. sell proportionally to participants in there right. at, at the uh, PPA rate. But it's a PPA through um, through the overall condominium
0: association. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in, in that circumstance, it's like you've got one uh, solar system and you're sub metering out to the individuals, right? Correct. Um, and then right. it seems to be kind of going, I guess, maybe the next level of that conversation is you've got some storage in there. And then these these uh, these units can maybe even ex- it looks like they're exchanging amongst themselves. Right. Via blockchain. That's pretty exciting. So maybe we'll start to see something like this take shape here in Hawaii uh, in the future. Um, that well, certainly
1: would... part of the, the like community solar kind of conversation, isn't it? That's, it's, it? That seems to be where this goes. If you mm-hmm. you are a part owner, you have a certain number of credits per month, and then you would you would uh, either use or s- consume or sell them, right? I mean, that's so that's what you would do.
0: Uh, yeah I don't know how community how community solar fits into this conversation I mean that's uh, I when I tend to think about community solar the way it's the way it's at least set in my mind I see a picture of a big solar farm somewhere that everyone in a certain sure. area or whatever the, the parameters are have been able to buy into and uh, participate in and uh, they get the advantages those advantages could be tax credits I suppose those advantages could be reduced uh, depending on how it's set up I'm sure there's different models for it right um, but yeah in this case this uh, this solar ledger and this blockchain technology is really What's super exciting about this, and I guess it's just that it can do it quickly and, and efficiently, and and uh, it can it can track this stuff reliably, right? That's kind of the main. Yeah, main it's, extre-
1: it's extremely lightweight. Uh, the, the reason why it's called blockchain is because you can't um, like s- slide in an extra transaction or remove a transaction from the overall ledger because other peers on the network will catch that and invalidate it. So you you can't make those types of cha- types of changes. Once your transaction is in the, is in the chain, it's there forever. And you can't you can't edit it, change it, mess with it. No hacking is it, so it's, it's not easily done.
0: It's credible, reliable, <laughs> so it's, so it's, you know it's it very is what it secure, is. reliable right? and
1: it's fast. It's it's a very lightweight protocol.
0: When you say lightweight, you mean from a coding perspective, right? What do you mean or? From uh, like just, a, yeah, from processing. Processing, wise. right. Okay. It gotcha. does,
1: doesn't, take a, take, doesn't take a huge amount of processing power to keep it running.
0: And you'll notice, folks, this is not in our future focus section. This is happening right now in news and events. Yeah, this is how they, they're already. It they're sounds already like uh, some Star Trek stuff so, that's actually up and running. So A little,
1: a little bit. And, and there's actually another uh, complex in Western Australia that's already looking to adopt this kind of same model. Right. So they're, they're, and, and, of course, it's already been running in, book, in Brooklyn for a while. Wow
0: be interesting to see how what kind of what experience people have in those uh, in those complexes once this is up and running and if there's transparency sure. if we can actually see the um, the the you know the movement of energy if there's some kind of like a monitoring
1: system well, that, shows that it. yeah that's that's an interesting kind of question because the one of the blockchains uh, either biggest selling points or kind of detriments is the fact that it's very anonymous oh. um, you can see that a transaction happened but unless you are the parties involved you don't mm-hmm. know who sold what to who? So it's not like you're oh. going to be able to sniff in there and see. Well, apartment 204 was using a ton of power because they were partying all last <laughs> week. So you can't. You can't do that type of stuff. Okay, um, the energy you know, and... know that somebody used it, but you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know who.
0: Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, excited to learn more about that. See more projects get up, get up and running, and uh, follow how blockchain helps energy uh, kind of work better. You know, renewable energy kind of work better. So, uh, shall we jump over now, to our our, our, our little uh, uh, geez, our catalyzing kind of controversial article here, Jay. You you sent you sent me I this. Did, and I did. I did. I sent it to exploded. you. <laughs> <laughs> Just it see the really, look on Michael's face really right bad. now.
1: He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I did. Did he? Did he? Did he know? Did, mm-hmm. did he research this? I don't know. Okay, so uh, the America First Energy Conference just wrapped up in New Orleans. Now, America First is um, one of those. I mean, God, this strikes me as like the flat earthers. Well, it's a, it, that's, <laughs> a, that's a that's
0: a that's a Trump, uh, uh, you know, Trumpism right there, right? America first—that's his thing. Yeah. Well, you know, so. well, like,
1: no, I, I I get America first. I love America first. I want to put America first. But they're they're circulating these books, and I actually—it's it's called Dumb Energy uh, from a <laughs> guy named Norman Rogers, and it's got a big picture of wind farms and stuff up on the front. And so so, Dumb Energy is apparently wind and solar. It's dumb, and and climate change is just fake. So the so, climate change conversation, let's 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 shelve that just for a second. OK, OK. <laughs> and talk and and talk about dumb energy. So um, the book, I, I actually looked it up. It's actually still on Amazon, although it's sold out. I, it, I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to order one. Yeah. And you can't. But it's out there. Uh, I read all the reviews, every single one I could get my hands on. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently, I mean, they come from both sides of the aisle, of course. Uh, it, the, the very the book is very pro-nuclear which which is fine I and mean, we've had the nuclear conversation a couple times and i'm not 100 percent sure i'm sold on it but um but the biggest problem that they cite with wind and solar is well the sun doesn't shine during the night time and the wind doesn't blow all the time so what are you going to do yeah, yeah i heard <laughs> about that kind problem <laughs> of, that's kind of the conversation we've been having for the past two shows in this one as well is how do you time shift that energy and how do you I mean, you, you can you can make it work and it absolutely will work but it's it's Is it going to be more expensive or not? Um, I I don't know. I, I can't even put words to well this. some of
0: the language um, in here is what's kind of like uh, fun i uh, maybe i'll say about this article and so that first right out of the gate you know from this new orleans conference is pumping carbon dioxide into the air makes the planet greener the united nations puts out fake science about climate change to control the global energy market and wind and solar energy are simply in quotes dumb i mean this is pretty powerful yeah. <laughs> controversial language here well, um controversial it's it's
1: inflammatory <laughs> inflammatory I really that's use. better absolutely. okay Ab- gotcha absolutely um but but there's a lot of stuff in here as well i mean the, the sighting for this particular conference is just absurd i mean you go you go to new orleans which is which is a city who has just been destroyed by in recent years there's by some irony the, to the location heavy, heavy this, right? storms sea level rise i mean all these things that they're saying simply doesn't exist and and the guys right outside are just laughing at them you know it's like well, this is the world that we live in. i think one of the yeah that's they live in a lovely world in this conference but that's not the world we live in <laughs> you know it's
0: kind of it, halfway right. down the um article it says a similar conference blasting the link between fossil fuels and climate change last year drew then environmental protection agency chief scott pruitt uh who was appointed by trump to reverse obama era climate initiatives so i mean you know this is not uh, super fringe i mean these things are drawing you know uh leaders in our uh in our federal government um and they're looking at this stuff
1: well yeah you know, to, to be to be fair he was kicked out under a whole lot of yeah, yeah, controversy yeah. as well. Um, anyway, so so going back to the climate change issue, if you want to talk about it, makes it makes the planet greener. Sure, um, my father has has a lovely phrase that said "We're just here to prepare the planet for whatever comes next," um, which which may not be us <laughs> or the next Whoa. form of human beings at at, at all. Right? Just call
0: it like but, it is, Jay. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, absolutely. But the, but the point, I I don't care. Whether climate change is caused by CO2 or not, um, the, the climate will change. It has changed. History, looking back, we 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 know we're we're kind of in between ice ages right now. Uh, it's a little lull. It's not it's not a big not a big bump. But in order for us as a species to continue, we need to take a little ownership with our planet do a little terraforming okay Uh, so it doesn't matter where the co2 is coming from in the, the at the end of the day it is going to affect food production it's going to affect our capacity for growth and and Quality of life, and we need to do something about it. So I don't, I don't care whether it's caused by CO two emissions or not. We need to do something.
0: A, I'm, I'm just okay. Thank you, Jay. I'm just basically <laughs> um, scrolling for inflammatory language, right? And there's a great one hey, here. You like, you, and he says you like, this know. guy goes. Uh, Higgins <laughs> joked about renewable energy resources, about sources like wind and solar, saying there's probably a conference somewhere in the United States where people are talking about. Quote, how the future of the world's engine will be provided by rainbow dust and unicorn milk. <laughs> End quote. So these guys are just looking for it. They're just poking around. They're, right? ta- they're
1: talking about Comic-Con and stuff. Yeah. I've
0: been there. It's very-, <laughs> very good. <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was something uh, kind of, uh, you know, interesting to see that there's that kind of language, these kinds of conferences happening out there, that there are those kinds of opinions. I mean, totally different than the t- stuff we usually cover. Right
1: sure absolutely and and um, honestly like i said i'd love to get a hold of the book i do want to give it a fair shake see what he's got to say but if, it, if i can pick it apart i certainly will at the at the same time um we've had the conversation that it may not be feasible in at our current state of technology to go 100 percent renewable in a flash we need some kind of stable generative source and whether that's nuclear or, or something else i don't know
0: bridge technology is the language that's, that's, i think we hear sometimes right right, right so. the
1: bridge technology
0: yeah, Michael, you want to stay clear of this conversation? You want to jump in? <laughs> yeah, I'll stay apolitical. Okay, gosh, gotcha. I kind of saw there that. Look there on you your go. face. Um, all righty. So uh, let's let's move over to what's going on at the, in this MRT. I don't even know this this the source we haven't used before, but MRT dot com. Uh, how solar swept the U.S. power grid. Uh, what was interesting about this? Is they they actually brought some figures out, of, you know, comparing costs. Uh, Jay, did you get a chance to dig into that at all?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it was the, it was the the. Um, the gas plant, I guess it's, I guess it's LNG, right? I mean, it would be, uh, liquefied natural gas. Um, but there were, there were actual plant construction costs for, um, both a large scale solar installation and a natural gas plant right next to each other in the same paragraph. And although with initial construction cost for the solar power plant was $2,436 per kilowatt hour, um, The gas plant is only eight hundred ninety five per kilowatt hour, eight hundred ninety five dollars. However, you have to keep paying for the fuel. So you have to keep buying natural gas, whereas I don't think anybody's paying for sunshine yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, the volatility of those fuel costs. I mean, we we don't know where it's going to be in the next five, 10, 15 years. Right.
0: Gas tends to be more stable, though, than oil. Right. Um, For for sure. For sure.
1: But but as the demand goes up.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm okay so they're basically saying that hey you know these are some of the reasons why uh, solar has been able to take 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 root and kind of grow across the country they also yep. discussed the reductions in in solar cost and actual PV costs and there's a quote in here uh, crystalline silicon has become uh, the most widely used uh, photovoltaic technology as co- uh, and it's matured uh, installed cost decline four to five hundred dollars per kilowatt per, per year decline four to five hundred dollars per kilowatt per year to a thousand dollars per kilowatt lower than that of thin film as a result of demand and economies of scale so um and i was just on a conversation having a call this morning with a uh, uh, one of the major distributors in the country aee and they were talking jay about um the, re- the reduced module prices uh, across the country mm-hmm. and actually we yep. had this this fellow does a lot of business we're gonna meet him by the way we're scheduled in spi to have a great interview with him and he was talking about how uh, certain brands Uh, Because of the changes with China, Uh, certain brands, they're uh, releasing these uh, split cell. uh, Remember those um, low resistance, split cell, higher wattage? Uh, I'm not going to name any brands here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he said we have some specific concerns about these because they respect for the Chinese market. And we're not really confident about bringing them into the U.S. So it's like you got these lower price modules out there waiting to be bought up. But the distributors and the fellows that are in the, the, the buying position are saying, we got to be careful about that. I was actually encouraged to hear that because Andre brought that Well, they don't want to with them. They don't want a bunch of failing modules, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. You know, we said something like, well, 20 gigawatts change will do that to a market, you know? So there's a lot going on. Any thoughts, uh, Michael, on what's happening in the PV supply area? I and mean, is that something you're looking at at all? Uh,
2: my understanding of the split cells is they, they operate at higher voltages, which does have certain advantages. Mm. Um, so uh, it's not prevalent as far as I see uh, in the US, but we're definitely looking looking at that. There are some advantages, I know.
0: Yeah, a lot of companies actually um, started toying around with that. And, and when we went and spoke with Solar, well, this was about a year ago, we went and spoke with Solar World. Yeah, it was. Uh, and they had said, ah, eh, it's kind of a cheap trick. They didn't quite say it like that, but they that was kind of what they were alluding to. And a lot of companies it's, were like, uh, I won't name the companies, but like I'd say 50% of them were out there tooling around with this method. And then you get this little bump in wattage, right? And it and for for um, for you know everybody out there listening, when you look at a solar panel, you see a you know a square cell, right? If you imagine that cell, there's 60 of them typically inside of a panel, uh, six across the bottom, ten across, ten up to the top vertically. But those cells, in what we're talking about, they actually cut them in half, isn't that right, Michael? Yep. So then you have double the number of now cells basically, and because of is it lower resistance, higher voltage and overall you're able to get better wattage is that what's happening
2: yeah, i don't know how to quantify how much better but that, that's the yeah, idea
0: getting um, a bump basically right? right but there's some concerns i guess you know and, and, and i don't know exactly what those concerns were but they've been brought up by by distribution guys uh, just this morning so uh yeah so reduced pv costs uh, uh that's i mean that's a good thing we just gotta maintain quality right that's kind of the takeaway
1: yeah, and that's the issue. Is that all these? Remember that global glut came from when China decided to uh, pull the plug on all its its um, kickbacks <laughs> for uh, right. for large scale large large scale installations, and that's where these panels came from. So they were never slated the U.S. market to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so very cool. Let's jump over to what's going on with Hawaii. We actually got an unusual uh, source here. It's Conde Nast Traveler because we saw this big, great, beautiful picture of uh, the Honolulu uh, Airport. Uh, looks like they're going to be uh, solaring up uh, pretty good.
1: Yeah. Do you want to take this one? Mm Because this is big
0: and it's local. Well, I mean, um, you know, it looks like there's 4,260 solar panels will be deployed by the end of November uh, and will cut the airport's electric bill in half. I was just talking to Michael about this this morning. I was actually aware, I think you said you you, you saw the project when
2: it came out. Was there anything interesting going on over there? Uh, Yeah, there is. This is a project using SunPower, um, which is the highest efficiency modules we do. the vast majority, al- almost all of our uh, projects, are using SunPower. Uh, it's just the best product mm-hmm. out there, and so I, I know that that's that's what's being used here at the airport. Um, and it looks like it's a really nice uh, system. It's a tough environment there, a um, lot lot of regulations and challenges, but uh, it's I definitely uh, applaud. You know the, the the airport and all those that are implementing the solar energy to cut those costs a lot of uh a lot of space that's air conditioned in those airports yeah
1: yeah for yeah, sure and, and they do and they do tend to run it really 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 high i want to say high but low <laughs> the temperature R- really cold <laughs> inside those terminal buildings is cold <laughs> um but i mean it's, it's they get a lot of sun there and so it makes perfect sense for me uh it's not just the panels though i mean they're actually going around doing an entire led leg being retrofit
0: 98 which I, I hope they're oh. uh
1: yeah, something just, uh, yeah, 98,000 flight fixtures at Honolulu's airport were replaced with LEDs, that's right. Um, and, and they're actually, it's not just this one project, they have um, projects going out for the next five, ten years. Uh, Terminal 2's parking garage is also going to be covered as well, and they're going to head toward 100% for the airport in, in pretty short order.
0: Yeah, I mean, gotta give them credit, and it's you know Honolulu Airport is uh, not the only airport out there doing this. They're, they mentioned in this article a couple of other uh, airports that are moving in similar directions. You know, George Airport in, between Cape Town and Port Elizabeth in South Africa, Cochin International Airport. Some of these have like 50,000 panels going in. Uh, so there, you know, this seems to be kind of a trend across the world where airports are saying, "Hey, here's our opportunity."
1: Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, it's never going to do anything for the actual aircraft. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, well, we're we're uh, until we get an electric uh, air, uh, jet. Is that happening in the future sometime? I, I, I think
1: we need some higher efficiency panels to put them out right. on the wings. That's yeah. not going to work quite yet. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. So let's wrap that up. That was our news and events. We did uh, really cool to see what's going on here in, in our own uh, home state. Uh, and then let's we'll go to our commercials. Come back. We'll learn all about the Hive system uh, from HNU Energy with Mr. Michael Riley. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel. Ridiculous. just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org.
2: Tabuchi Electric. A leading worldwide inverter manufacturer presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system.
1: The Sonen Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonen Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonen Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonen Battery Eco at sonen-battery.com.
0: MIT founded PICA Energy, makers of the PICA Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. PICA's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. pico's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy. Own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Alrighty, righty here we are really excited to get into this conversation thank you sponsors for keeping us on air we do appreciate you and we uh look forward to working with you more in the future <laughs> so um hey we're gonna jump right into this conversation here with mr michael riley uh president of hnu mr michael riley phd uh, uh president of hnu um about the hive system so welcome michael thank you so much for coming to the solar coast today Thanks. It's been a ride. It's been a ride. It has been a ride already, right? <laughs> so uh, why don't we start out with just some basic intros? Give us a sense of who you are, and you know what HNU is all about. I mean, I had a, the pleasure of meeting with Dan a, uh, a few days ago, maybe a, last week, and took a little tour around your facility, which kind of blew my mind. So you know, let's start out with a little bit of that.
2: <clears throat> well, not not sure where to start with that. It's uh, we, we, we are doing a lot of really cool things. Um, I guess I'll start um, I've, I've been with h new for about nine years wow. and uh, it, that that uh, probably makes the solar coaster actually look like it's it's pretty tame yeah it's, it's been a it, it's been a ride we're doing stuff with NASA with um, been doing energy storage for a decade we're wow. really one of the pioneers um, in fact we were We were awarded at the big APEC conference in Honolulu back in 2010. We were recognized for pioneering and deploying energy uh, storage and generation. And uh, basically, um, Dan O'Connell, our CEO, he met with um, Energy Secretary Dr. Chu, oh, and yeah, Dr. I Chu, that guy. Chu said, "He goes, you know, when Dan was telling him what we're doing, he, we have a quote from him that uh, what h new Energy is doing is the future." That's spectacular. And, and to think about these things, to put it in context, I mean, back in 2010, we already were being recognized for what we were doing in energy storage, yeah. which really hasn't come to fruition until the last couple of years. When it's you just look now at, that it's taking shape. Yeah, when you look, te- you know, Tesla, a lot of the the big players in in there these days, don't go back nearly that far with right. with you know with anything with batteries. So um, we have been we've done some of the largest uh, energy storage projects um, on Maui and in the state, and we are um, we've developed these technologies from the ground up. Our our solutions are. Not taking something, a battery from an automotive industry or some other thing, and trying to apply it into, um, and, you know, grid tied storage. Yeah, we actually have optimized it for the particular application. And that goes down to chemistry and format and um, you know how you couple and all sorts of things. But um, getting a little bit too much into the details, probably. No, uh, no, to, no. To we, start, like but, we like uh, details. We like details. You asked oh, me about I, it. It's, it it's,
0: it's great. You know, it's funny because Stephen Chu. He is I mean, I, you know, he's probably one of the only secretaries. He's, he's no longer in office, right? Uh, right, right. But uh, he, he he came out and he had pretty amazing kind of like aggressive quotes about uh, about what was going on in utilities, kind of trying to kind of regulate industry. Right. Oh, that smart guy. Yeah. No, Nobel
2: Prize winner. Yeah, yeah, brilliant
0: guy. So I've actually quoted him, I think, on the show at one point with. We probably know the quote I'm talking about. Um, so that's amazing that you have uh, some kind of a recognition from him because he's someone we all really respect.
2: Yeah, well, you know, maybe a lot of the listeners to to this realize that, but uh, you know, I'm going to show how uh, how geeky we are, I guess here. But H nu is actually the name of the company, and what's what's that mean? Mm-hmm. I guess is H the nu is nu, nu is actually a Greek letter, and it stands for the frequency mm-hmm. of light. Okay. H is Planck's constant. You multiply H times nu, and you get the energy in a photon of light. Oh, guys, so that's is, great. It's basically, it's about light energy, which is what PV is, which is what, you know, our other product lines, telescopes, microscopes, it's all about light and using light to advance that's technology. It. So that's, you know, but- That's good, I like that
1: a whole lot more. I was trying to liken it to something Hawaii, something, something, and I could never find out what it actually
2: was. <laughs> well, well, Dr. Chu got it right away here at HNU. He goes, oh, uh, energy in a photon of light. He was all Beautiful. excited. He's like, wow, how cool <laughs> yeah. to have a company called that.
0: That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. And the fact that it's here in Maui is something that's really special, too, because not only are you uh, doing well, you're you're pioneering all this technology, like you said, from early on, uh, uh, but uh, you're in your manufacturing various things. And I understand you're in the uh, you're working in, in the astronomy area, you're working with uh, NASA, you're
2: working with all these different industries, and you're actually creating technology for these industries. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, for a little company out on the rock in the middle of the Pacific. Um, it's uh, I'm pretty proud of what we're doing.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing all the hard work that you do. But let's definitely um, dig into so that. Gives us a little bit about HNU, um, and then I love that name explanation. How about yourself? You said nine years you've been with them, and then your what is your uh, PhD in
2: uh, electrical engineering? Okay, I'm University of Hawaii.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And so you've been putting that that that. Are you working specifically yourself on the hive system and in that technology?
2: Well, uh, yes and no. As president of the company, I'm involved, but no, we we have a whole group of engineers that have been developing that.
0: Okay, okay. So that's a good, uh, I think, you know, segue for us to move into talking about Hive specifically. Sure. Uh, You know, and so what is the, um, what type of product is it? It, Where is it? How is it applicable? Is
2: it a commercial project or residential product? Um, what, What can you tell us about the basics of it? Sure. Well, Hive itself, I just went through the name of H-New Energy. Um, Hive was a branding that we chose uh, for a number of different reasons, but if you look at it, the Greek letter new looks like a V. Mm -hmm. So you have H, the V, E, like H-New Energy. So we we don't have a direct correlation there, but that's a little bit of it. But it's more, what is a Hive? I mean, a beehive is basically um, a whole bunch of concentrated energy. Confined in a particular clo- closed system. That, that's what energy storage is. You're taking batteries mm-hmm. with as high energy density as you can get, and you're trying to pack as much energy in as small of a space and use it as efficiently as efficiently as possible. Yeah. So that's why we love the the analogy with the hive. Uh, so. Um, you know, maybe the package and all that stuff might not be as sexy looking as like Tesla or whatever, cool. but <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty cool.'re we're, we're, we're pretty proud yep. of that and we, we like the branding and it's, it's gotten a lot of traction.
0: You know, uh, just a little side here. When you talked about the hive and the packing of energy storage, we're, we're a bunch of friends in my and Jason's kind of part of this too. Make me together with a bunch of beekeepers. Mm. So this notion of the hive and the storing of the energy in the sh- form of sugar is pretty apparent to us. So I like that name. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah, very very cool. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, let's uh, okay. Well, you see, you've got this hive sy- this hive system. It's energy storage. Uh, is it do you use it for both residential and commercial, or is it for is it more suited for one rather than the other? Or-
2: well, no, it's actually really good for uh, I- either. Uh, it probably wouldn't be uh, great for, you know, a high performance vehicle like a Tesla or something. Right. Uh, because it's meant for um, high energy density, not as much high power. Right. Um, it, it's completely adequate and, and more so for any kind of grid tied uh, residential or commercial application. But um, back, back to, again, the right tool uh, for, for the job. Right. Um, so is that then that kind of harkens back to the chemistry that you chose. It does, a, n- a number of things. And again, we, we've done some large projects. We did the Avahi Wind Farm right here in Maui, an 11-megawatt mm-hmm. project. We did a one-megawatt project um, a number of years ago for Maui Electric, the Wailea uh, substation. And again, these are back in 2012, 2013, long before energy storage is yeah. being widely deployed. Uh, we've done military. We, uh, just this year, we, we did a quarter-megawatt hour for Joint Base Pearl Hickam over for the Air National Guard. We've done yep. um, large off-grid commercial for communi- communities. Um, we've done residential, we've done other, we, we did a, a half-megawatt PV system at VIP last year, uh, a VIP food service here in oh, Maui, okay, yeah. and we have a Hive battery all integrated with that. Um, so uh, a number of high-profile, good, good um, projects. So is, is that like an SIA
0: type of system? For Uh, VIPs, yeah, VIPs in SA. So standard interconnection agreements. You're basically not backfeeding energy, right? And you're using, uh, you're you're using the energy storage to get kind of greater size, greater scale. But
2: Maui Electric allowed us to put a larger system on the roof because we were able to store any potential act- excess energy right right and sia
0: for people that are listening out there is uh the standard interconnection agreement it tends to be sized at a small percentage of the overall consumption so you know that you're never it's like below the base load pretty much exactly. part. Yep. so you know you're never going to be exporting but you add some batteries to that then you can size it up maybe to max roof fit right or yep. something along those lines and that's there's uh, some value that that's uh, seen in that okay so you have uh, commercial applications. Let's talk residential, though. Um, so you know, for most people that are listening, they're they're maybe they're one of the eleven or twelve thousand NAM holders out there in Maui, or you know, or maybe somewhere out there sixty thousand across Hawaii. And a lot of people now are thinking. With you know, Hector just passed us by on to the south, and they see what's going on out in in Puerto Rico, and they're thinking about batteries. They hear about batteries. They hear about Tesla, right? That gets all the kind of you know the bruhaha of Tesla. And um, so, what what can we say about um, the application of the Hive for residences
2: here in Maui? through hawaii yeah it is interesting that tesla gets um so much of the buzz and we're the ones named hive but (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) there you go (laughs) but 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 it it is a pretty interesting comparison um you know but but between those we're we're again our our standard product for residential is 22.4 kilowatts compare that to tesla's oh, wow. uh, power wall okay. yeah. which is under seven their their power wall two talking, is like 13 and a half so we're talking kilowatt hours Kil- of energy kilowatt hours yep. yeah okay so we are sized basically to be able to power a typical hawaii home mm-hmm. um and and the ability to then go off grid if the grid goes down and mm-hmm. power you know basically power all your loads mm-hmm. um so that's kind of what we've targeted that that specific um, so when
0: you chose that twenty-two kilowatt hours, was that um, that's fully just uh, dis- discharge uh, the full depth of
2: discharge? Twenty-two kilowatt yeah, hours. Yeah, it's lithium iron phosphate <clears throat> batteries. You basically can do full, full right. depth of discharge, unlike lead acid or other. Right.
0: Okay. So you got twenty-two kilowatt hours.
2: Is that based on just your average daily consumption, like of a home? Pretty, pretty typical. Um, I mean, they use some during generation, and then of course you have some days that that um, you know, have more sun. Generated mm-hmm. uh, energy. So it's sized in order to keep a regular home. Right. Um, y- it, it doesn't build days of, of, of back if you were to lose sunshine for a while. So right. it's not like designed to be an off grid system indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You would use a larger, mm-hmm. uh, probably a couple of hives at least in that case. Right. Uh, but in terms of, you know, if you put in a CSS with a norm, uh, you know with a Tesla or some of the other smaller batteries you're still going to buy quite a bit of your energy from Audi Electric mm-hmm. you gonna be able to store some but <clears throat> you, it really doesn't get you to what's equivalent to a NEM i mean that that's really under a CSS with a hive battery you've basically now gone to what was a NEM, right? In, you know, the...
0: In terms of you're, you're, you're no longer, um, you know, buying excess from the... You're buying, you're, you're
2: really buying very, very minimal amount from the grid. Yeah, saying. well, Mount Maui Electric stored any ex- excess energy you produced for free. That's mm-hmm. what a ne- NEM is. It was the mm-hmm. best deal in the world, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It's essentially that, yeah. Yeah,
2: it, it was, it was a, a battery that they didn't charge you for. Um, And and now that's no longer an option, um, and we really need energy storage on on the circuits for stability, for for all sorts of reasons. But that's what a a battery like the Hive can actually do for you, is take you um, where you don't really need to purchase any energy from Maui Electric.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk. We're talking about lithium iron phosphate. We're yep. talking. I'd asked you earlier in the show, and you said there were some differences in the types of lithium iron phosphate. So, uh, what 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 did you, what did you choose, and what, what why did you choose it, and what is the longevity that you expect out of this, and you know these kinds of things?
2: Yeah, I think if you look at a lot of the uh, battery storage um, that that's out there, they they use uh, what are called cylindrical cells, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. and they tend to be small, and there's a lot of them, um, and and you'll find a lot of commonality whether it's the you know, the cobalt ma- manganese, um, you know, nickel, aluminum, all, all of those different things that aren't lithium iron phosphate, but even even the lithium iron phosphate will come in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so, so ours are different. They're, they're prismatic large format cells. So mm-hmm. we have a lot. So the building block for these energy storage systems is a yeah. lot larger. So you have fewer failure points, um, higher energy density, better ability to pack things together because cylinders don't packed tightly as well mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's just a lot of advantages to the not just the chemistry but oh, the actual please tell format me yourself and size hexagonal, as
0: well. what,
2: what? <laughs> hexagonal is that what you said yeah <laughs> are
0: they well uh, yeah <laughs> that, that's an idea
2: right oh okay. if they were in that shape <laughs> of the hive you're saying jay is that what you're saying yeah 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 exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. You, well you could pack them without the airspace you'd have with cylinders so exactly there you, that. <laughs> there you go
0: okay so uh and then what do you uh, you got prismatic lithium um uh, what is the expected longevity and what are the warranties of these systems and are you warranting them or is it the manufacturer um
2: well i mean the, the cells themselves we do not manufacture but mm. we actually make the the um the high the whole integrated system, the battery management system, e- everything that goes with that, um, and we did years of testing of these battery cells at Sandia National Labs. Mm-hmm. They ran through full mm-hmm. depth of discharge um, testing for for years, um, and uh, we have from them that they're predicting uh, twelve thousand, at least twelve thousand full depth of discharge um, you know, cycles. Right, fully discharge, fully recharge. That's one cycle. Yeah, and that's that's like thirty years, right? Right. If you do one per day, yeah. uh, You know, charge and discharge, and that was without significant degradation. That's Mm -hmm. what they were predicting. Um, So that's that's pretty different, I think. I've seen the the, you know, like the Tesla ones are saying a thousand to fifteen hundred cycles. Mm. So there's just a
0: yeah, like almost a tenth, really. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so yeah, and we've heard that before, you know, in some uh, in the conversation about that particular chemistry, and then um, uh, but you're seeing there's a difference between the prismatic and the cylindrical. Yep, you think as well. You know?
2: And they're just different applications. Like we, again, we, we did the Avahi wind farm. It's lithium iron phosphate, but it was cylindrical because wind farms have high power fluctuations, mm-hmm. and the cylindrical, like what they use in in electric vehicles, um, are, are going to be the better solution for that application mm-hmm. because you need high power. Okay when we did the Maui electric substation that was for energy shifting you don't need high power you need mm-hmm. high ener- energy density and that's where we went with prismatic so it's a different solution depending what problem you're trying to solve that makes, to, sense. Yeah. Save. That that d- makes perfect if sense if you have a yeah. hammer everything yeah. looks like a nail so you know tesla had a, a <laughs> great product <laughs> um, and uh, you know for for their vehicle right and then they tried to take that and take it into a different market and apply it. It has cooling systems, which, which are beautiful feats of engineering, but you don't need a cooling system for grid-tied right. um, storage. You're not right. running at, at cycles where you're really gonna heat up the batteries. Right. So, that, yeah. that's, that, that. so we came at it and we developed over the course of a deca- decade a solution for specifically the Hawaii market. And we really think we have um, the right solution. Um, we, we DC couple compared to AC couple, which is what a lot of uh, I think most of the other op- options are doing that. Yeah, I found this particularly interesting when we talked
0: earlier because if, you're, like, if if you're able to work with the existing inverter that's in there, the PV inverter, right, then um, there's kind of very there's a lot less complexity. And Jay, they're they're working on. it Looks, we talked a little bit. You can tell us all about this. But it, it sounds like you you you. If you go up to an M, and you, they have a five kilowatts solar edge, or or SMA, or or even n phase. Does n phase even work? I mean, that's a, another question. Yeah, no, those right? are microinverters. And okay. n phase
1: micros. So yeah, yeah. But
2: n phase actually has a little battery. They now put <laughs> oh, yeah? on the DC side of their their micro yeah? so, We've had in the panel. Yeah, so, we've you know. had. Um, uh, oh, mm-hmm. DC. Yeah, we've had a um, what do you call it? Um, uh, Ragu and
0: Martin, the founders on the show, mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, <clears throat> so um, the thing that I found interesting is the potential to be able to integrate battery storage to the existing NEMS. Of course, you can you can use it in a new self-supply system. That's a no-brainer. Um, but for people that already have uh, solar systems, it
2: can. How do you integrate it? How does that work? Well, that, that's the trick. You, s- you said it's a lot simpler, and on the one side, from the regulatory side and other things, it is much simpler. But there's a reason most people AC couple, and, and because it is much simpler, just to hook it up, and it, you know the grid na- naturally sinks everything, and, and um, you know you, you, you can, um, you know, it, it's just much much e- much easier from an engineering standpoint to to do that. What you pay for, though, is loss of efficiencies. Um, mm-hmm. You know the ability to retrofit um, existing utility agreements and put things on on the DC side of the. Uh, inverter, and what we're talking about
0: here is that the utility sees system size based on inverter size. So if you AC couple and you bring in another inverter, then you're having a conversation about why you have multiple inverters. Exactly. Right? And so is that increasing right. your NEM size? And that's a, I think that's been sorted out with the utility, but but that's an important point. And then so your DC coupling. So that means like if I have a five kilowatt solar edge, you can come right in and you can work with my take the PV run it through the. I'm just. Simply saying, so you correct me, but <clears throat> run the PV through the hive, run it right into our uh, the solar edge, and you're you're good. It's going to work.
2: Yes, you, you you can do that if you have an existing NEM. Again, the the utility is your battery. Um, but you can only add to the DC side so much because you're going to overpower your inverter. Right. So you could add to your DC side, add a battery, charge the battery, and then. Um, you know if if you had those loads mo- well how mo- would
0: you how would you like uh, I guess my question is the, is based on um, grid outage wanting battery backup for mm-hmm. grid, for
2: power outages so in that scenario how does the hive kind of you know uh, apply well you def- definitely can do that and that's an option of what what we offer you would, you know you need a transfer switch and you can uh, go off grid when you need to and mm-hmm. then if you just have a pv system a lot of people think oh, I will put pv on my roof I don't need the, the grid or electricity. the grid goes down. Why, 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 why do I have a blackout? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do have battery, if you configure it in the right way, then you actually can um, you know p- power, depending on how much you have your critical loads, or if you have something the size of high for a typical Hawaii house, you can actually probably wouldn't even notice a difference in what you're able to power, right. Right. Okay. Okay. So the, it does work as an add-on to an
0: existing NAM. That's one application. It can work in a CSS uh, consumer, consumer self-supply capacity, right? We just talked about it in commercial applications. Um, and uh, what
2: about, uh, can you integrate a generator to it? Do you have that kind of functionality yet? Or is that something that you want to do or not? We, we, we haven't done that yet. Um, I mean, I, I've seen there, there are some pretty sophisticated inverters where you can put in you know, on the dc side generators and, mm-hmm. and so on um you know, we did an interesting uh, off-grid system for the the pga uh, mm-hmm. for a training facility in kihei and it's got you know pv it's got a hive um, battery and um looking at having a generator just in case mm-hmm. uh, but but actually tying that right into the hive uh yeah that, that's not a standard thing gotcha Gotcha, okay.
0: Um, so, uh, all right, so there's some really exciting stuff going on there with Hive. Um, what, what is there, are there any other kind of key uh, value propositions or value points that you'd like to share relative to maybe other technologies? Uh,
2: I'd like to comment, real, real, I know we're starting to run out of time here, but one of the things we're kind of excited about, I, I talk so much about going vehicles over to, over to um, you know, grid things, but uh, we're kind of doing the opposite. We have a small business innovative research uh, contract from the Army. Where we're actually taking our hive technology and putting it for military vehicles, not to power the mm. whole thing but to power f- platforms that they mm. that they they run on and the ability there is to run different voltages uh, some, you know standard twelve volt is where everything runs on vehicles, but moving to twenty four and they have you know things all the way up to um you know, f- you know f- up to four eighty i guess you you could you could run and we uh, put forth a concept where you actually can can uh, tap and do multiple voltages and power multiple payloads on a vehicle platform. So, so like communications equipment and things right. of that nature? Yeah. So I think that's, uh, my, my point is, you know, the Army recognizes the engineering that we've developed for Hive is something special. Yeah. Uh, the Air Force, the Air National Guard, you know, purchased one of our quarter megawatt hour. Um, hive units. Uh, we installed that earlier this year over mm. at, at Hickam Air Force Base with with the PV system, and like you were saying, Jason, too, in that article, we did a complete energy retrofit of of the hangar there. Uh, that uh, LED lights and HVAC and and all of that. So kind of a whole comprehensive solution that, yeah. that involves mm. um, you know PV storage, LEDs, everything. Very exciting stuff. I remember, excuse me, I remember hearing uh, one of the
0: Pacific uh, resiliency summits out in Oahu, uh, maybe four or five years ago, uh, a general talking about the uh, projecting force across the Pacific. And uh, and he said, well, basically, you know, we've at that point, they had gone from uh, create energy efficiencies, create, employ renewable energies whenever possible to uh incorporating renewable energies and incorporating efficiencies is actually part of our strategic objective because mm-hmm. the the when you're projecting force across this the largest kind of space on the planet which is the pacific ocean right continuous space that uh your ability how you use energy is directly tied to your ability to perform in, in any given spot so if you need to be in for example and he was talking a lot about the korean peninsula at that time mm-hmm uh you know if we we need renewable energy sources we need efficiencies in order to be able to be there and do in project force for extended periods of time so it's exciting to think that you're engaged in some of those contracts and and taking advantage of that opportunity it's real exciting very cool stuff jay uh how are we doing okay a couple minutes left uh jay you want to just a
1: couple minutes i i, I do want to jump in here before we step away from the whole residential versus commercial conversation you, you talk about scalability and i'm wondering how that how that functions is it simply a, just an option of just buying more hive modules or or is there something more that's involved in, in scaling up and how Stacking how much them. can mm-hmm. you scale to i mean you're talking megawatt hour <laughs> storage now which is just gigantic
2: right right No, that that's uh, yeah and we've installed those megawatt hour storage things so so we we get that um as hive as that manifestation we have not we've not done more than half half megawatt uh, hours the largest we've done um, for mm-hmm. small CNI ones, we've we've actually uh, aggregated multiple residential units. Mm-hmm. Um, for larger ones uh, like Pearl Hickam or the Off Grid Community, we've containerized uh, larger battery. In fact, in fact, one of the things for um, Pearl Hickam, we actually precast a vault. Uh, we own the precast plant here here on Maui, and we actually precast a high vault with a quarter megawatt hour and deliver that over to Hickam. So
0: Whoa, okay. wow. very exciting stuff.
2: All right. Well, um, <clears throat> it's
0: been a real pleasure having you here uh, on the show. And are there any last words you'd like to share with our listeners about h and or about the state of the industry or your perspective on things? Anything else you'd like to kind of leave us with?
2: I'd just tie it back to the solar coaster. Um, that, that's a term I've run across a, a few different times. Yeah. And, and it is you just uh, you know, from policy, regulatory technologies, tariffs, all the different things that come and go. Um, NEMS go away, and everybody's like, it's the death knell of solar, but there were solutions there with energy storage and transitions. And okay, th- things got more challenging from a technology uh, standpoint, That's but they're sure. still, uh, you know, very, very much doable. And, and um, right now, you know, one of our sl- slogan Hive 2045. Okay. So 2045 mm-hmm. is the year that, that the state has mandated to be 100% renewable. And you're going to need energy storage, and Hive really wants to play a, a main main element of that. Excellent. And if uh, people listening right now would like to get
0: in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
2: Uh, you can visit our website, hnewenergy.com, or you can call 244-7844
0: got it all right well michael thank you again so much for being on the show we really appreciate it maybe come on again someday with updates about your cool products and all the cool things you're doing uh hey folks that's our music this has been the uh solar coaster renewable energy and theme doc show right here in maui county uh we are sponsored by who are we sponsored by jay maui solar project Tabuchi electric america sonen battery pika energy and sun drum solar thank you sponsors it's been a great show uh and uh yeah jay you want to say anything
1: Oh, hopefully I'll see you next week.
0: <laughs> All right. Jay's coming down soon. Hey, a lot of folks have a wonderful weekend.